Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. It's our midweek edition, one where we get to relax, stretch, do a little bit of reader interaction via Twitter questions. Uh, and we also get to do this. We get to update previous podcasts that, that might have been recorded before certain things happened. Uh, for instance, Ryan, well, we recorded on Sunday afternoon, and what did we say about Al Golden at Miami? Uh, we... We have a correction to issue. We said Al Golden would not be terminated before the end of the season for financial reasons. And within, I think, two hours of that, Al Golden got fired, despite financial reasons. Someone wrote a check. Someone did wrote a check. And that might have been Adidas. Ruh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were wrong. We were dead wrong. Mm-hmm. We were so very wrong. In fact, we joked about them running around trying to raise money at the last minute, asking someone for a check. And it turns out that's exactly what they were doing. That was happening while we were making that joke. That's How- kind of always happening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was going to say, people asking for money for nothing. People asking for money for no possible return. Like, joining us, by the way, from Kennesaw, Jason Kirk. Uh, what's your possible investment if I come to you and I say, I'm going to ask you to invest in an absent Al Golden. So, so what I'm paying for is the absence of Al Golden. It's less Al Golden. It's, it's like mafia protection money where you are paying for something to not happen. Yeah. It's like, um, let's see. It's, it's like a, a bono. Mm hmm. Buy one, buy one, buy one, not one. No, no one, no one. Buy one, yeah, bargain. bargain. Buy one, get nothing. Yeah, Yeah. um, bargain. Yeah, I'll I'll pay about what, like six million dollars or so. It's probably more. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he have like four years left? So it's like twelve million, eight million dollars. He was there. I don't know what Al Golden's exact buyout is. We we will find that out because it's probably an extraordinary amount of money. It, it sounds like it sounds really bad. Like, man, you're so bad at your job. You're worth negative eight million dollars. But then it's like, but that eight, I, that negative I eight, eight, I got eight million dollars. Yeah, that's plus eight for you. Well, <laughs> it's not a zero sum game. It's it's all pure profit for you. Mm-hmm. It technically, by the way, his his buyout is undisclosed. What is my buyout? Your buyout? Yeah, that's gigantic. It's, it's enormous. Sweet. <laughs> It's it's amazing. Well, you actually have quite an incentive to just get fired. I mean, that's all the everyday should be Saturday commenters want. <laughs> I'm just it, trying to I'm just trying to find a common ground where they get me fired and I get I don't know two point five. Two point five what million dollars? Million what American Do- American dollars? Amer- yeah, you, you, Mo- modern, you, not like in one year when inflation has gone off the rails no 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 that's that's fine we can we can wait for that to happen we can wait for the fall of the global economy and then pay me out 2.5 million lao kip that's 2.5 million kip you know what i'll take it you know i mean it would it would still be a pretty significant amount of money even at laughable exchange rate so you'd be okay but al golden's buyout does not have to be uh specified at all because it's it, it, it might be in lao kip it might be. He made two point five mil this year. You get paid. You getting paid in dong, son. And I think if just we say he's probably getting paid for every year left on his contract, then it's something like ten. Yeah. But it, you know, it could be lower. 
Yeah, I'm 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 just gonna guess that at worst, uh, Big Al gets out of this with six mil, and comes out of it looking fresh, and clean, just looking just so swanky. He'll probably be like he's probably the guest picker on game day, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's looking like a he comes in like beaming, happiest we've ever seen him. Money cannon. Oh, money cannon! Yeah, just mm-hmm. spread that shit around. He's got the he's got the crap. Oh, it is I'm a ba- temple. I'm right? back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back in Philly. I'm spreading Benjamins. <laughs> Bring Al back to no, do something. This, I don't know. This is all part of the plan. There's no way that it isn't. Al's gonna come back, like finessing and not stressing, just mm-hmm. with the money cannon. He's gonna go back and be like Temple's biggest booster. Mm-hmm. Period. It'll be great. I uh, also wanted to do this, which was before we do anything, I wanted to get through um, sort of a list of coaches just to test our powers because we said that Al Golden was probably secure through the end of the season with great confidence, and then he was fired. So I thought what we could do is we could just test our powers by mentioning other people who were absolutely safe. Uh, Mark Mark D'Antonio is not going anywhere. Definitely, definitely long term lifer in Michigan State. Can't see how he would leave that job. Uh, definitely can't see how he would leave it early. Impossible. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's there forever. Yep. Would definitely definitely wouldn't. Of all the people that Mark D'Antonio wouldn't return to, it would his alma mater. No. And, also, and, uh, not his hometown of, of, of hometown school of UTEP. No, none of none of these are possible. Is is definitely not taking the Dolphins job. Um, Good God! Yeah, can you imagine? Look, we're, look, just let's just let's just see what happens. That's all I'm saying. None of yeah, these things. It's none, not happening. None that's, of that's these why, things. That's will why. That's why. Uh, that's why. That's why I asked you to imagine because right. because know, it, it won't, won't. It won't happen. Why would that happen? He definitely won't get the, you know, the Bucks aren't going to fire Lovey Smith and bring Mark D'Antonio down starting in week 10. That's crazy. Yeah. That would never For, happen. That you would never get a situation where Bill O'Brien was hired at USC. Mm-hmm. And then to replace him at the Texans, they hired Kevin Sumlin. No, that's no, what, no. Yeah. He's, 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 he's good in there. Um, the only thing te- uh, Texas A and M will ever do, coach-wise, is hire the perfect offensive coordinator that'll satisfy Aggie fans. Exactly, someone who's going to guarantee at least thirty-five to forty points a game, depending on the situation. They'd never do that. Yep. The only problem there is uh, whoever's calling the offensive plays. The the plays just if you if you draw the plays out, you can just look at them and tell they're wrong. Everything else is fine. So. Uh, just pencil in Kevin Sumlin there for a good twenty-five years, and that'll each one will get better and each j- time. And if, and I say if, and I don't even know why I bother. If A and M were to lose Kevin Sumlin, they certainly wouldn't turn to someone relatively close in the region, an accomplished multi-school coach, Skip Holtz. They definitely wouldn't hire Skip Holtz. Mac Brown would absolutely not be the coach at A and M. I'm just going to say, Ryan, breaking character here, if that actually happened, like, that's a Rivers of Blood level prophecy that you just laid out there. I'm not sorry. No, no. <laughs> the, the, skip, the, skip, the Skip Holtz motto is, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, the other person that I would say is totally safe that we would want to you know, test our powers on 
and, and would not be going anywhere. Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. No way that he wouldn't want out of there. And well, out of, and it, it, to take something like, I don't know, the, the Alabama job, just in case you know it came open, which it wouldn't. Nick Saban's there for life. He's a lifer. Oh, yeah, that goes without saying. I mean, of, of all the ones we could possibly um, 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 swear on with all our confidence, it would be that Nick Saban is never going to leave uh, Alabama. Right. And I mean, can- if, we, if, we're, if we can guarantee anything with, with everything we're worth, with all our credibility, it's that. And Tim Brewster is definitely not going to be named coach in waiting at Florida State just in case something happens. None of these things are going to ha- Why are we even talking about them? Good God. This fantasy took a dark turn. Yeah. I'm, dark, I'm Dark Man X. <laughs> Marking at your future. Yeah. Let's say, Let us pray. Yeah, let's, do to some, uh, let's do some reader mail. Right. We, we haven't done reader mail in a while. Right. Uh, J- Jason, you want to start with yours? Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Well, let's, there's, here's a quick one from uh, Stunned Monkey on Twitter. Mm. Is there any reason at this point to be an Indiana football fan? Uh, let's see. Well, your your other options are Tom Crean and the Colts. So, th- yeah, I guess so. Damn. Yeah, damn, that's that's pretty. <laughs> that cut again. That cut. I that turned dark. I hope. I the, mean, I hope the Pacers are good. I mean, the, I would say the Pacers, but still, I'm not over that photograph of the the five Pacers starters in dressed up like a boy band. Yeah. I think maybe if you're one a person, a football fan with ADD, you might really enjoy being an Indiana fan because all the good stuff happens well before your attention span shuts off, right? Mm-hmm. So two quarters in, hey, we're we're up fourteen twelve, we're we're leading seventeen ten, we're tied, we're only down by two TDs. It's important to treat Indiana football like. Uh, the movie Old Yeller as presented to an eight-year-old, where you're just like, boy, this was a great 40-minute movie, wasn't it? Just a boy and his dog. The key is to always have a late lunch or something that you got to get to at, to at like two or so, mm-hmm. if, if it's Eastern. Um, whichever time zone Indiana's in, no one knows. <laughs> Aren't they the state? It's, it's them or Arizona that just like says, nah, nah, we don't, we don't really fuck no, it's, with it's time zones. It's both, but Ar- Arizona and- is also like Martin Luther King. No, It's like a time pit. Like yeah. there's no time. What time? What time you think it is? Um, but yeah, just just schedule something so you don't have to watch the fourth quarter, and you'll always be happy. Yeah, that would be another good reason, and I can think of one more reason. You're Antoine Randall L. If you're Antoine Randall L. and you're listening to this podcast, uh, or if you're Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. I, I think those are two good reasons to be an Indiana football fan because it got you a successful NFL career somehow. I think mainly this. If you're really talented, the backwards pitch at Indiana would be this. Son, you can come here, and if you are ridiculously talented, you will be the most obviously ridiculously talented person on the field. If you go to Alabama, well... You're a big fish in a big pond. Man, there's all kinds of shine, right? Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to have a hard time getting somebody to pick up on your unique variety of talent bling but if you come to indiana i guarantee you that by relief and comparison to your surroundings alone there will be no camouflage you will stand out you will obviously be a gifted football player it's like when aging musical acts play stop playing arenas and start playing you know small clubs you need to be the you know the live 
playing a 400-person 400, 400 venue. Lightning crashes at Indiana football. Wow, you know. Really I inadvertently that. just con- compared Indiana football to an abortion, and I'm sorry, or a miscarriage, you're, you're, whichever you're, it was. I feel like this makes, if you're an Indiana player, I just feel like this makes it, it sounds like you get heckled a lot. Well, you can hear them heckling, it's too. It's personal. It's it's much more, it's, okay. it's artisanal heckling. Do you want uh-huh. an do you want an intimate experience? Come to Indiana. Ooh. If you if you missed this, by the way, Indiana surrendered. <laughs> Indiana was Indiana was only down two points with twelve minutes and change left in the game to Michigan State, and Michigan State ended up winning fifty two twenty six. It was this thing where it was like, wow, not only is Indiana finally going to do this, Michigan State's finally going to do this, and then the score ended up uh, like probably something like what it should have been all along. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a lot like watching a triathlon video where somebody's body completely runs out of salt. Like, they're done! Look, that's as hard as they could go. Huh. Mark D'Antonio had the emergency brake on the whole time. That's why it smells like that. <laughs> There's only 400 yards to go! Yeah, he's pooping his pants. and He's on his hands and knees, and he's not going to make it. That was Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. Well, I, they probably got 400 yards, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the question that I would like to answer would be this. Why isn't the $300 Ford Aerostar a B1G rivalry trophy yet? That comes from VT underscore Ben, a.k.a. Happy Hello Cream. <laughs> no, don't stop. Here's a picture of dork-ass Tom Cream. <laughs> Just don't stop. <laughs> I think people think I hate Tom Crean. You and I'm do. Like, no, I don't hate Tom Crean. I'm, I'm fascinated by him. I don't think there's any like college basketball coach Spencer could have a serious opinion on, other than like adoring Calipari. Okay. I, I yeah, those those are my opinions. My serious opinions on college basketball coaches. I adore John Calipari, and I think he is a saint walking among us. And I think that Tom Crean is funny looking and fascinating. That's it. That's the depth of my opinions. You would probably talk things. a little shit about Bo Ryan, but I digress. digress no, so. no, no. Bo Ryan, I have this entire alternate life written out for Bo Ryan. Jesus. Like, his life is like a saloon owner in rural Wisconsin, right? Oh, so, so this is sort of like a Deadwood North. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like that Bo Ryan's the guy in Platt who you go to like – you know, file your football picks with. And if you're a little late with the cash, well, Bo's going to show up with a six-pack of Schaefer and some brass knuckles. Interesting. And, like, when you're, when you're bar hopping and you go through his bar, he has a long list of other bars that you cannot go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you. Uh, listen, I just talked to everybody. You, uh, you really don't want to go there. Interestingly enough, uh, as in Deadwood, the only word he says is cocksucker. So. That's it. He communicates entirely in it. And, and as an amazing coach for, for the results, a whiteboard and the word cocksucker and got to an, <laughs> got to an NCAA final. I'm just picturing the Paul Johnson believe it meme now. <laughs> cocksucker. Believe it, cocksucker. Hashtag, hashtag cocksucker. <laughs> someone, someone please make that so we can laugh at it. <laughs> R- remember, go, go see that. This is artful profanity, right? Because mm-hmm. it's dead wood. Yeah. It's my favorite thing when people are like really intellectual or – Serious with capital S, they're like Deadwood was an incredible series because of the dialogue, and I'm like, they got to say all the shit they wanted. It was awesome. It's yeah. a bunch of bunch of drunk cowboys saying the word cocksucker had, over and over again. Had Nick Offerman full frontal. Yeah, <laughs> he's a beautiful man. <laughs> That's art. 
That's art. Nick Offerman, full frontal nudity and the word cocksucker. And people are like, David Millich is a genius. And I'm like, yeah, that's because even smart people want to see dudes get wasted. That's it. It's so it's so sublime. Yeah, that dude got hit in the face with a bottle. This show is great. Uh, so this is, by the way, going to – this is a question asking uh, which rivalry. I think Ryan had an answer to this before I could even get one that is perfect, uh, which Big Ten rivalry would be the $300 Ford Aerostar van that would likely burst into flame shortly after purchase. Oh, it's, it's Rutgers, Maryland. Rutgers, Maryland needs a rivalry trophy to begin with. And the $300 <clears throat> Aerostar – sort of evokes that image of you've hollowed out some of the paneling and you're smuggling something you shouldn't up the I-95 corridor. And you're only going one way. Like, that's the nice thing about this. Something going straight from Cuba to... Maybe, you know, know, I don't want to just... I don't don't even know if it's necessarily as, as... sexy as drugs. It could just be medical supplies. Could just be like, yeah, man, I got... I got a shitload of, uh... No, it's, fa- it's fake. It's, it's no, it's prosthetic legs. Prosthetics, it could just be yeah. Al Golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be Al Golden chopped up into pieces. I, no, I did, no, no, like, I did, no, I like say chopped yeah, up. Jesus, Ryan, <laughs> you Wait, are, Why do you always do this, Ryan? You are from Tampa. <laughs> He's got to be in pieces. <laughs> He's got. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't. How? I didn't say Al Holden. It's Miami. What? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. You think they're paying him? Okay. <laughs> this is this is. I guarantee you, this is some Running Man shit where they're going to you know. show him. Here's video of Al Golden on a beach. Nope, his corpse is long gone. Has Al Golden tweeted today? Golden Al, I believe. Is the his last name. thing people reported was that Al Golden went to the hospital to see a player's sick mother. Has Has anyone said that he left that hospital? I'm telling oh, you, man. if he ends up at Philly. There's a double reason for that. One, because he's the godfather of the modern Temple football program. And two, because that's the only place you could go to be safe from people who would come from Miami to hurt you. I guarantee a week from now, Miami PD is going to be like, yeah, we found a corpse on the beach with all the fingerprints and the face removed and all the teeth pulled out. And it's wearing a a billowy white dress shirt and an orange tie and the hair is immaculate. Al Al Golden's last words are, oh, now they come 45 minutes to see me. Oh, that's that's a good cue to go to the next question. We've we, we've peaked on that one, Ryan. Uh, let's go to this question from Chris Jensen at Chris F Jensen. What NFL coach would be the most catastrophic hire for USC? I think this is a question that has some depth to it because your initial reaction is probably a bad coach, maybe someone like a Jim Caldwell, for instance. But who, I th- who who has already been. No, that went great. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, he's already been a college coach. He was actually already an ACC coach. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the experience. Yeah, and if if you're if you're just now joining us, picture the Lions' record this year transposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that, the same. Yeah, I, I will say this: Jim Caldwell was at Wake Forest University, where nobody has been consistently successful except for Jim Grope. Remember, the Wake Forest only hires guys named Jim. <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, he, Jim Tom Sewell is going to be amazing at Wake Forest. I, I know. He, um, he's bound for Wake No, no. <laughs> Jim Tom Sewell, he's going to Boston College. Yeah, that's That's, true. that's totally where he's that's going. That's a pit, man, if I've ever seen one. Oh. Oh, don't do right. this. You're right, Don't though. do this. I don't want you to be right, but you're right. The, uh, I, I'll have you know that in 
all of his seasons at Wake Forest from 1993 to the year 2000, Jim Caldwell had a seven-year plan because in 1999, <laughs> he finally got them to a winning record, seven and five, three and five in conference. That was his, that was the best he could do, uh, and then got them to the Aloha Bowl, which they won. They won the Aloha Bowl. So if you hire him, you're guaranteed to get at least one winning season in uh, eight years. Yeah, that sounds right. Now, that would be disastrous. But there's wor- I think we can do worse. Like if I'm, my suggestion would be Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is a good, a good answer. Although I feel like he is a name that is occasionally connected with, with college jobs for no goddamn reason. Well, we know. USC specifically. And we know last time Auburn looked into him. Oh, God. And then hired, like, the total opposite in Gus Malzahn, former high school coach. But mm-hmm. I guess they just wanted to take a whole look at, at every possible option. But, yeah, he's, he's often connected with USC. Not only does he have a school tie, they also, you know, everyone assumes they want to go as pro-style as possible. And there is nothing more NFL-style than Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Are you a running back? Do, do you have knees? Would you like to have, not have them? Cool. He'll run you 42 times a game. Um, I'll, I'll throw out Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid, the epitome of what people hate about NFL coaches. He takes field goals and punts in entirely too safe situations. He has a poor grasp of the clock and how to manage it. I can only imagine how uh, the rule changes between the NFL and college football would drive him insane. And he really only succeeds when he has like a fantastic quarterback and in college football, who boy, that is even less of a guarantee than it is in the NFL. I got another one. This is the hot take, the hot take edition. All right. Uh Oh, hot take edition. And that'd be Bill Belichick. Yeah. Hmm. Can you imagine anyone who would have less patience? <laughs> Especially because I feel like that's just, well, to me, that's just Nick Saban. You give him five years, he'll be fine. The difference, though, is that Bill Belichick has embraced the philosophy that if you're too much of – with, the, with a, a couple of special exceptions, if you're too much trouble, yeah, we'll just, we'll just replace you with somebody. To me, that's just Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. – This is all sounding the same. Yeah, but here's the difference, that Saban actually – like. Saban actually, I think, enjoys recruiting. If he didn't enjoy recruiting, he wouldn't be there as long as he's been there. He wouldn't have done this for as long as he's done this. And he wouldn't be pissed off when playing in conference and championship games and bowl games took away recruiting time for him. Which he's on the record as saying. He's on the record. Whereas Bill Belichick would have to go out and put on something other than a sweatshirt mm-hmm. and sweatpants with no underwear to go and talk to somebody's mom about how Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I'm this that's where this falls apart. I don't know. See, we always think this though, but then you see the photos of of like, you know, his, his lady friend, I, I don't know exactly what was going on and you know, younger and like didn't he have some sort of a complicated romantic thing? Don't uh, we all yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I, I mean, I I don't I don't mean to do the like if you can get a hot babe, you can recruit none of that type. But of you're stuff, suggesting but like, that he shows there is a little bit more charm to him than he likes to let on. Yeah, and I think there's that much of it. Nick Saban, okay, for all of, for all of his perversity, Nick Saban 
in the room. I mean, the blind side did a very accurate job of capturing any report you've ever heard about Nick Saban in the living room with the mom and with the family. You don't, you don't do that unless you enjoy some element of being the person who outpitches somebody. I don't think Bill Bel- – I mean, Bill Belichick hasn't been to a grocery store in years. I don't think he enjoys trying to pitch anyone on anything. True. And I mean, like you see Saban with the media and he plays him like a fucking fiddle every week and Belichick just sort of like burps at yeah, them. I'll just stand here. What do you want to know? Our next I'll just I can, stand here until you're done talking I can unless name you our- ask about like a punt rule and yeah. then I'll talk about it for eight minutes. Yeah. And then I'll give like the entire history of football in exactly 928 words in an answer. That's what I, he's, I, like th- this is not somebody who. This is not somebody who uh, you want on the recruiting angle. This is not somebody who you want. Do you think Bill Belichick's showing up for a pep rally? Do you think he's thanking the band? <laughs> hey, welcome to Midnight Madness. But, oh God. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, he's going to the women's basketball game. So happy. Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm sold. But 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 I've okay. I've got a better one. Oh no, Jay but- Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the man who uh, is currently. Is currently um, has some sort of like a, a death bond with with Kirk Cousins, who did manage to uh, come back and beat last year's worst team, which you like, was a, you, you a like, gigantic turning point. Yes, we like all that? did like it, Kirk. You, you like that? You there like are that. t-shirts now. There are you like that t-shirts? Of course, there are. Redskins um, are pro- the Redskins are probably printing them on T-shirts they stole off of poor children in Africa. <laughs> hey, those poor yeah, children because, said like, that they were fine with it. Hooray! Our our probably second best quarterback actually beat a team. Y- yay! So like, yeah, bring bring Jay to college where he can like fuck up some extremely promising four star dual threat, and like just ride with the backup for no reason at all. That'll be great. Um, before we move on, I just want to bring up one coach, and this is mostly to antagonize one of our coworkers who won't even listen to this podcast. Um. The coach who I think would implode in just the most embarrassing personal way uh, in college. That would be Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. Jesus. Somebody floated him as like – it was on NFL Network or something. said like Sean Payton to, the, uh, to USC. And it's like no. – <clears throat> no, 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 no. Do, do you know why USC just fired its previous <laughs> coach? <laughs> What do you, did, what do you, full disclosure, Jason Kirk is a Falcons fan. Well, yeah. did, did you hear about the drinking and the rumored uh, uh, other medications, mm-hmm. perhaps? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Sean has been known to enjoy medications. Although, this, if, is more, this is more Jason induced Falcons fans. I think slander. we all agree. If Sean Payton brought he's, Rob he's, Ryan to Southern Cal with him, I'm fully on board. Whoa. Well, because as we know, Whoever is head coach will be fired. And if you're talking about Rob Ryan, head coach of USC, okay, we're all oh on board. Oh, my God. It's it's basically Ed Orgeron as Santa Claus. It's just long-haired Ed. Dude, it's basically like heavy metal album cover Ed Orgeron. Yes. Oh yeah, like God. like seriously, like Game of Thrones Ed Orgeron. <laughs> what we do is we also, since those two guys are new to the college game, we bring them, uh, we, we have sort of a chaperone, which obviously that's Coach O. And then we're left with Rob, Rob Ryan and Coach O. Like sort of sumo wrestling for control of USC in I, like October. The co- the program that has swords. Oh my God! Let's do it. Sean Payton, USC. 
yeah, this is a terrible idea, and those opinions do not represent the opinions of Vox Media, SPNation.com, <laughs> EDSB, anything with .com on the end of it, really, that I'm attached to. They, Just they Twitter.com. They definitely don't. I have one more, one more absolutely hollow NFL stuffed suit, literally stuffed suit or stuffed leather jacket, whichever way you'd like to do it, who's actually been associated with the USC's job oh, search God, before. I don't know. One of the river. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack Del Rio. Who is who is actually doing a fine job as an NFL head coach? This time, this time, and like everybody wants. How many times it. have there been? Didn't was he? He was with the Jags. It was like a decade he, ago. Is that correct? The, he, he was, was with, with the Jags for seventeen years. He was with yeah, the Jags it, but for, it ended a long time ago, right? Two thousand eleven is when he got fired. Hmm. He was with them from two thousand three to two thousand eleven. But let me just say this. In his time with the Jags, he went eight and eight or better five times in eight in nine years. Look at the Jags now. They kill to be eight and eight. They will kill to be eight and eight. Get your children off the street. <laughs> They've killed to be eight and eight and they'll do it again and it won't work. It just makes them feel better. Yeah. I mean here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. They they yeah, eight and eight. After 2007, they fall off. They fall yeah, off. Yeah, of, yeah, they yeah. just, they just, you. they just don't get close at all in a in a pretty weak division. To be hey, fair. man, Jack Del Rio has recruiting connections in 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 California, in Florida, and Colorado. That's so three hotbeds. Also got a got a punter maimed in his locker room. So was there a point where I'm not going to look it up where the AFC South had Jack Del Rio, Jeff Fisher. Jim Caldwell and who would have been the Texans head coach at that point? Mm-hmm. Kubiak? Kubiak. Oh my God. <laughs> we need to stop talking about this. I feel what sick. A crop of talent. I hope yes. there's a photo. The AFC South convention. The team <laughs> photo. Do they do that? Do they have AFC South <laughs> Media Day like in college? This podcast is just infected with the wasting disease that is the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> is there an AFC South network? You can watch like like the like the Big Ten Network. Yeah, it's it's on it's on the it's on CW. It's like Channel Four Thousand. Yeah, it's on it's on some it's on like whatever the WB is now. Welcome to One TD. I would love Land. It if pro divisions acted like college conferences. Like this week on One TD Lane. <laughs> if the if the AFC East were like on basically like you know like the Yes Network on some sort of horrible northeastern cable right. basic cable channel. That would be perfect. James Vanderby guest stars on Texans football. Man, the Raiders Network. Raiders Network would be incredible. It'd just be all like, God, what would it just be like? Walker Texas Rangers. Just, just, it'd be it'd be like dudes in like nineteen seventy eight, just murdering each other. Just Ice Cube with a like ten o'clock show where he debates the debt ceiling with a man dressed in body paint. No man, it's just de- it's just like a picture of Ice Cube and they play death certificate for three hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> like it seriously, it'd be a great, it'd be a, like a better cable channel than half the things on. This is uh, a week where we have a game we don't want to talk about. Hey Ryan, guess who Florida plays? This I week? don't. Why you you yeah, just guess said who we play this week? Come we, on, it's Georgia. It's fucking Georgia. Get, get it out of your mouth, fucking Georgia. You're a bad man. A terrible human. We play Georgia this week. The world's largest cocktail party. Can, can, everyone loves this game. Who loves it? Who no loves one, this? No game? one loves this. Everyone game. loves this game. No, this is this has been. It, it may have been a glorious spectacle to watch 
Georgia's struggle even with Ron Zook. But the Muschamp years completely soiled this game because every single year it was the worst game played. Every single year. That was the thing is that Mark Rick did not have the decency to take Florida's doldrumiest years and and sup on them in disgusting 30-point win fashion. Nope. Unwatchable, horrible, 24-17 garbage fires. Every single one of them, except for, for last year. And we oh, couldn't even do God. that right because God. as fantastic a, a game as that was in terms of the shame and hatred that that we would have to feel for Georgia, right? Like the deliciousness of that was completely unsavory thanks to the notion that it almost cost us keeping well must champ. Yeah. And we basically had to beat Georgia Tech for a week to beat Georgia. So that was yeah. fun. Georgia lost to Georgia Tech twice last year. Yeah, congratulations. A hell of an engineer, the Florida Gator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that even that, it, like Will Muschamp couldn't even give us that. No. He had to screw that up as well. I, what would you describe your confidence level uh, in Florida going into this game, Spencer? If any. I no, I mean not bad. Okay. How's that? Not okay. bad. Like okay. like pretty pretty rational, feeling okay. Like feeling okay. Like I see ways that we could lose this game and I see ways that we could easily win this game as well because Georgia's kind of a shambles and that's probably when they're most dangerous, but at the same time those shambles can't be unshambled because I think they do have legit problems at quarterback. I think we got a mean defensive line. I think that offensively they've lost their identity. In terms of what they do, I don't think they have much in the way of quarterback development coming from the staff. I just don't think that they're either congealed as a staff or capable of doing that. And defensively, they'll give up yards. They will. They have and they will. Like the biggest this year, this year's Georgia South Carolina game was to 2015, what the Texas AM South Carolina game was to 2014. Like the extremely illusory early result that I think ruined the team's expectations for what was actually going to happen down the road. Okay. I still have no confidence whatsoever and am fully prepared for Florida to lose this game in a turnover-filled, uh, let's call it, two-touchdown loss. Mm, yeah, that's that's fair. But I am yeah. I am broken, and you shouldn't listen to me. Florida's only favored by three here. That, no, that's, okay. that's, a, yeah. that's about right. This, that feels fine. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's not at home, but it's it's closer to Florida. I feel like if this neutral site, we're talking about like two points. I don't think I can I, I feel emphasize like been two better than two points better than Georgia. So far. I don't think how, how how much I can emphasize that the cocktail party at Everbank Field in Jacksonville truly feels neutral. Well, yeah, that's because I mean, you look around and you see Jags stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just saying from the perspective of travel for players and right. so forth yeah. not like number of fans yeah oh yeah. god I just... you, you should know this too that that georgia's <laughs> oh man georgia let tennessee have 519 total yards they let alabama have 379 but honestly like alabama pulled up they really did. They could have had well over 400 yards in that game. They let Vanderbilt have 400 total yards and just feasted off turnovers. Damn. This is the same Vanderbilt that just beat Missouri 10-3? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's the same Georgia team that won over Missouri 9-6. Oh, God. I forgot that game existed. 
Yeah. So, like, how are, how are your emotions uh, swaying learning this information, Ryan? It, are, are, honestly, it, it's Are just, you feeling more, like, uncomfortable confidence? It's making me feel worse because all, all you're doing is emphasizing that Florida should win this game. And now I just feel crummier about the possibility that they won't. I mean, Florida beat Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, this is going to look like every other Florida game. They'll probably score on their opening two drives, slow down for a while, get one light hit. I mean, this probably looks like a 21-17 game. Oh, God. So every other Florida-Georgia game for the last five years. Mm, yeah, with a great, but with a greater chance of us coming out of it because this coaching staff is smart. That's true. This coaching staff's pretty smart, and they know what they don't have and what they do have. And our defensive line is filled with, you know, angry monsters from another dimension. So, so that's a good thing. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk you up to, I'm trying to talk you up to mildly depressed. This is a weird dynamic because usually you are the the most uh, negative person about Florida. That's true. That's true. I'm a terrible move, fan. Can we move on, please? Yeah, I'd love to move on. I would love to. I would love to literally talk about anything else. Okay. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we put this on our unaligned soulless brother, who okay. does not have a team that drives him absolutely insane every single week? Uh, that'd be Jason Kirk. Jason, to to the passionless, objective watcher of a fan that you are, <laughs> everything is fine. As as a soulless as a soulless robot. Of a sports observer. Yeah, I prefer the term unkillable cyborg, but sure. <laughs> I, I think you're – I always think of Jason Moore as like a, uh, a, wandering, a wandering warrior just without a master. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's the Keith Carradine. He's yeah, the, he's a ronin. He's a ronin just wandering around. You have my sword. Although I also do think of him as like David and Prometheus, right? Like it's fascinating. fascinating. Why don't we put this in your bloodstream and see what happens? <laughs> Why don't we see what happens if we put Muschamp in your bloodstream? I'm like, no! I feel like it's more like I'm a Pokemon collector because I'm like, sure, I'll try out being a Michigan State fan, Arkansas fan, Utah fan. And I'm adding Houston, too. So I kind of, I, I'm, soon I'll have a team at every conference. At one point, Jason Kirk will talk shit about me, too, though. He'll get attached to a Pokemon, he'll talk shit to me, too, and then get turned to stone. Or nope. I'll, like, talk shit about one of my own teams accidentally. Yeah, then you'll get turned to stone, and you'll have to, like, the Pokemon tears will have to revive you. But here's a game, though. Stanford at Washington State at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Hell yeah. Quite arguably the biggest game of the weekend because the winner basically wins the Pac-12 North and and goes to the conference championship. And, like, these two teams have both been hot. Uh, If you haven't looked up Washington State's passing stats over the past three games, protective eyewear first. It's, like, basically um, the photographs of Stanford's linemen's butts as passing numbers, mm-hmm. yeah, just large and and shapely. Uh, two teams with drastically different styles, and the worst team gets home advantage in a in a really weird place to play. Hopefully, with crazy weather, probably not, but uh, real late at night for some of us. This is going to be real fun. So yeah, probably for like eight minutes. But also, also as directly opposed as two teams can possibly be in terms of overall philosophy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Stanford can Stanford can score with anybody. They'll just do it their own way. Whereas Washington State, they, they, I mean, whether they're up, whether they're behind, whether things are good or bad, here they come. It's a little bit of a shame, though, because we're building this up, and it is a road game for Stanford, and this being a road game for Stanford, they are... They are going to button down. They are going. They are going to some of the cooler things that they have been doing offensively will be replaced by drudge, 
they will just attempt to turn the other team into like a tackling sled for the entire second half of this game. If they get up early, they will try nothing. Nothing interesting, which still might work because Christian McCaffrey's carrying the ball out of the backfield. And again, people who go to bed early, uh, East Coasters, Christian McCaffrey is astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. I think over the past three games, he's, aver- he's totaled 600 yards of total production because I'm returning kicks too. Uh, he's just been amazing. So at the very least, you get to see that. You get to see a Washington State offense that actually looks like a Mike Leach offense, like a proper Mike Leach offense. They're going to throw the ball 60 times, but they'll actually score points. And they run the ball a little. Like, they're not an amazing running team. A little, yeah. But they have already in, what, seven games this season? They've already run for 160 more yards than they did all of last season. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're, it's not it's not an amazing it's it's very much a uh three and a half, four yards per carry running attack, but it's a hell of a lot better than what they did last year. I feel like that was probably all before the the famous vine of Mike Leach staring off into space yeah. while someone's gesturing at him to make a call. <laughs> like that that moment was when he was like, What the hell? What we, what do we have all these rushing yards? What are we doing? Take back the wheel. This is yeah. not my beautiful wife. Yeah, you, you think he was thinking about football. He wasn't. I guarantee you. <laughs> he was probably like, what was it like to battle a little bighorn? What if Blackbeard and the Matahari had a baby? And that yeah. baby was me. Yeah, <laughs> this happened. Uh, <laughs> Coach, that baby. Go for one. <laughs> yeah, we, we go for one or two. You go for one. It's easy here. Come on. <laughs> Coach, we have to go for... Then go for two. Listen... So easy. God, football's not hard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's been a very interesting season for them because they have a, a there is the capacity in this team. They, like it's possible that they could end up finishing first in their division. They could end up making the Pac-12 championship game. They really could. Like it's not likely, but it's possible. And then they could do that after opening the season by losing to Portland State. FCS Portland State. They're probably going to win at least eight games. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you don't think they have three games left they can win on here? They got. They still get to play Arizona State, Colorado, and Washington. Okay, they can beat Colorado. Okay, yeah. I, th- I so think they six. can probably beat Washington. Mm. Mm, it's oh the Apple God. Cup, and I generally, for some reason, I just generally give the advantage to Washington State in bad years. Okay. In the Apple Cup. I don't know why. I have nothing scientific to back that up. All right. Well, then here's the here's the other game. UCLA, Let's put them at six point five. UCLA in mid November after we've all gotten back on the UCLA bandwagon. Ooh. All right. Okay. If you if you see if if UCLA racks up like a couple wins, then yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, it, also you'll need another injury. You'll need, you'll need Josh Rosen to get like typhus from his hot tub. From his hot tub. <laughs> they took away his hot tub, so he'll have to like have sprain to go an his... ankle trying to get back his hot tub. Okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say he'll have to do that because he went to the hot tub in the locker room and slipped and like bruised his hip. No, I told you guys it'd be easier if it were in my room. <laughs> this go is on you. This is on you, housing staff. And it's always on you, housing staff. You guys are dicks. Now you have to go beat Washington State housing staff. Yeah, which, you know, I, I put Washington State only as seven-point favorites. <laughs> True. Washington State's roster is mostly consisting of former housing staff, so. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, we're going to run RA34 green left. <laughs> RA34 green left. 
like a Mike Leach play calls that law. Yeah, we had a players only hall meeting. <laughs> We've decided to have a social on Thursday. Ice cream only. <laughs> the other games this week of interest besides the uh besides Washington State and Stanford, the late night special, which is actually of some serious value. We Thanks, Pac twelve. Yeah, yeah. We we have kind of another weird game. If you want to just throw another wrench in the completely fouled machinery of the SEC West, that'd be old miss at Auburn. Because Auburn's terrible. And therefore, probably pretty dangerous hosting Ole Miss in a road game for the Rebels. Auburn's not going to win this game. I'm building it up. It's Auburn's terrible. Why? Why? Why are they so yeah. bad? This game's at noon. I'm telling you, Will Muschamp's going somewhere else after this year. This is not working. Miami. I just, I mean, I don't think the staff. I don't think the staff is on the same page. Someone floated South Carolina for him. Oh God! I mean, <laughs> but that he he almost took that defensive coordinator job, right? It was basically between Auburn and South Carolina. It was Auburn and A and M were the. Was that the other? Okay, well, A and M was also in it, and then A and M sort of had a had another thing going on, and then yep. South Carolina found them a hoke. Yeah, and they South Carolina <laughs> decided. Yeah, we'll just add a hope to what we already got. That'll be good. I found this. <laughs> I found this hope at a, at a garage sale. You can take that off to college. We don't have to buy you a new laptop. A new hope. It's like buying a used Alfa Romeo. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even make parts for this hope anymore? Nope. <laughs> nope. You gotta you gotta use a Fiat carburetor on that. <laughs> the other. Uh, that's that's bad. Uh, it's very very bad. The other games of interest, USC at Cal. USC looked great. They looked phenomenal against Utah. That probably means they're going to look terrible against Cal. Oh, it's yeah. true, but... And Cal looked real bad. Yeah. Right? Against UCLA. So they're probably going to come back and look real good. That just seems to be that seems to be the trajectory of the Pac-12. Everybody gets three losses. Am I missing anything in this week? Which is this is kind of a I, I think a middling week, a middling to good. I will. Uh, this is an excuse. That's to generous. Sho- this is an excuse to shoehorn in a another question. Uh, this question from Wade at seven dub seven wanted us to say a few nice things about Pitt football Thursday night, North Carolina at Pitt, and those are two six and one teams, I believe. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. Here like, we are. It's October twenty seventh when we're recording this, and Pitt is six and one. So, and so, Pitt is and, ranked and, so and and North Carolina is six and one, and the one was the flukiest, stupidest loss to South Carolina with three three interceptions in the red zone. Yeah, in, in week one, mind you. Yeah, like the week one where you totally haven't even taken the tags off of our new shoes. So there, I mean. I don't believe either of these teams has beaten anybody all that impressive at this juncture, but it's still two six and one teams that that could make a little bit of noise. One of them, one of these teams, could be on the way to a very nice nine win season. Which you know, if you're Larry Fedora, hey, way to bounce back in a year when the fans are really not happy with you. And if you're Pitt, look at that—you nailed the coaching hire. That feels fun. Hired a damn magician, and, oh. and and I would I would also point out while we're saying nice things about Pitt, they are doing all of this without the reigning ACC Player of the Year, James Conner. Yeah, I mean it's we don't talk about it because it's Pitt, but if Florida State lost Dalvin Cook at the beginning of the year and started six and one, we'd be tripping over ourselves talking about what a coach Jimbo was. 
this is really an impressive coaching job by Pat Narduzzi. Um, he's he's really buffering his his buffing his resume, and is a. Uh, you see what's happening here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shit. So. Shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. We, I'm sorry, Wade. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean for this we to flew, happen. We flew too close to the sun. Well, there's no sun in Pittsburgh. No, no. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but right now, hey, Pitt, that like Bill Conley pointed out in the new miracle today, you know, Pitt used to have like the worst close game luck in America. It was like, how is this even possible? And now they've won. One, I think it's like four one-score games this year. They're, like their only loss was to a like ninety-yard field goal by Iowa. Uh, so you can't really count that. But otherwise, like they've been one of the clutchest teams in the country. That's pretty cool. And by the way, with dirt, this is like in case Pat Narduzzi hadn't learned from the master enough, doing it in classic like Mark D'Antonio fashion. Statistically, they're crap. Like look at every look at like look at all of their stats mm-hmm. and they're all like middling to crap. That, all of them. That said, they can pass a little bit. Nate Peterman has been pretty good for them. Yeah, I he's I, listen, like that's he's not... like a top thirty passer right now. His numbers are not all that different. I mean, Deshaun Watson throws the ball a lot more. But in terms of, you know, yards per attempt and Turt, uh, TD to INT and completion percentage, he's he's not that far from Deshaun Watson. Which they get real efficient off play action and off of like an active run game. Yeah, and, and they're only throwing the ball 18 times a game, but whatever. As opposed to North Carolina, who just throws the ball all over the yard yeah. all the time. So this is a game where I'm like, I'm kind of talking myself into pit. <laughs> like, <'cause, laughs> you, know, you look at it and you go, as our friends in the solid verbal say, you know, the shockingly decent pit, mm-hmm. right? Semi-decent pit. Depending on what you want SDP to stand for, yeah. um, I'll say shockingly, uh, because this is a team that I don't think North Carolina. Like if North Carolina turns the ball over a couple times, which they will do, uh, that this is a team that wants you to do that. This is a team that wants you to try to do stuff so they can just take that turnover, march it down the field, get a field goal, maybe a touchdown, and then slowly close the trap in on you. So look at that. Yeah. We just we talked about Pitt for like five minutes. Pitt is your shitty friend in third grade who always said you could make that jump on your bike, but really just wanted to laugh at you when you couldn't. Look at you. You tried something. Come that on, was man. So- Come on. That ramp, that ramp's going to hold. We made it ourselves. That was so dumb of you. Uh, one, a couple of minor things to watch this week, just of interest. Uh, Clemson at NC State. I, I don't know anything about NC State. I watch them play. Don't don't know a damn thing about them. But it's another opportunity for Clemson to flex on a relatively weak conference. Uh, Georgia Tech at Virginia. Just don't don't nope, even look nope. at it because yeah, what the fuck is wrong? Why would you even invite that? Good God. I'm just saying Georgia Georgia Tech's probably going to lose that game. Georgia Tech's plan now is to tank until they get to the Georgia game to embarrass Florida State. And that's a fine plan, and I respect it. It's, it's happened before. Yep. Totally really has happened before. Uh, other games of note. Um, <laughs> don't Other games not to watch. How's this, okay? NC-17 rating on Miami at Duke. <laughs> just so oh. high. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna be working out some Duke, things. which is has gone from being a, another little throwing it around team to like having a super legit defense, and that's it. And uh, uh, we, we, yeah. we we saw how Miami's offense looked last week. So yeah. Speaking of super legit defenses, Vanderbilt travels to Houston. 
uh, at, at for a seven o'clock game, and I think Houston's probably going to want to show off their toys. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think I think Houston is going to want to show that they can because they already have a road win over Louisville, which looked better at the time than it probably ends up being, but whatever. Beating Vanderbilt is nobody's idea of announcing that you have arrived. That doesn't mean you can't just beat the shit out of Vanderbilt to feel better. A lot of a lot of Florida teams did that over the year. Yeah. We also and and, you know more people witness it than they would at Vandy, so might as well do it in Houston. Wow. Let's. uh, This is one thing to keep an eye on here. Just just a little thing. Like I, I don't think they'll have any trouble with them. But Oklahoma State goes to Texas Tech mm-hmm. for, for a 3.30 game. Oklahoma State undefeated, by the way. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I just told you that. You didn't know it, but you, well, believe it or not. We say, <laughs> we say this every week, and it, it never takes. This never is a takes. real interesting matchup for Oklahoma State because the things they do on offense just compare really uh, in a certain way to mm-hmm. Texas Tech. And, right. and I think Texas Tech, their, their offense, Patrick Mahomes, I believe it's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> that, got is, a little Spanish that, is how, in it. that is how Mac Brown would pronounce it. So. <laughs> it's got a little Spanish in it. Patrick you know. Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, he, he'll be able to attack the uh, you know the the weaknesses in Oklahoma State's defense. Everyone knows them because we've all studied the, this team and know a lot about it. That's true. Uh, yeah. Also, also there's the dumbass, the dumbass, uh, but somewhat accurate prediction of, hey, you're going to Lubbock. Bad things. Bad, bad. Nothing bad. but bad thing. Even if you win, nothing but bad things happen out there. Patrick Mahomes, fine quarterback. Recruited him at safety. We might have been wrong on that call. <laughs> I just, I always put in safety because it's the fewest letters you can put in on the recruiting form, and I just like to save ink. It's that or center. <laughs> come, come watch us play at UCF next year. UCF, <laughs> it's like Texas, but with Disney. Um, are we going to talk at all about the game day game? <laughs> Maybe. Pardon? Yeah, pardon? Where, right. where, they, where, where are they going? Not Pullman. No, not going to Pullman. They are. Uh, they're going to, be... to Notre Dame at Temple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- Temple's not winning this game. This is a pretty... This if, is n- if Temple wins, the score is like 13 to 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if Temple wins, it will be in the style of two dads fighting in a Home Depot parking lot. If Temple wins, it will be the grossest game of the year. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame was in there, but then da- that dad started throwing up. And then Temple <laughs> just kept kicking him in the neck. See, he had a bottle of window cleaner. And he came clear. Oh, boy, came clear across the top of his head with it. And then he wasn't right for the rest of the fight. You know, he's bigger and stronger. You can tell he goes to the gym. Other dude, though, he, he done took this rake, which ain't fair, but he had it. So now we're talking like dad extreme backyard yeah. wrestling. Anyway, I got the backsplash that you asked for. Like he would have jumped off the table, but that's a real nice table. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, his, this is... and his knee gets tricky when it starts to rain. <laughs> and then, by the way, the, the... well, while he was up on the roof to do the the senton splash off there, he decided to go ahead and and, and, clean, out and the gutters. You know, clean the gutters. A A C A A C A A C. 